Welcome to the University of the Free State Career Services Podcast, where we talk to experts about the ins and outs of jobs and share tips that will give you a grip on your future career. Good morning again and welcome to the Career Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Boone, and today we have Miss Felicia Mcesa. Uh, I'm just going to briefly read Miss Felicia's bio and Ms. Felicia is Robic's newly appointed CEO, an accomplished and highly regarded leader in the South African construction industry. Felicia has extensive knowledge and experience in the fields of governance and risk management. And she's also been in various executive roles across both the private and the public sector. So Felicia joined Rubex as an independent non-executive director in February of 2011, and she becoming then an executive director responsible for governance, risk and compliance for the Rubex Group in March 2017. Miss Felicia, good morning. Uh, welcome. And how are you doing today? Good morning to you, Kate, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm doing very well this beautiful morning, and how are you doing? I'm doing amazing, thank you. I must say, when I was reading your bio, I was just like, oh my gosh, I get to have a conversation with this amazing human being. I can't believe it. You've done so well. So before we unpack your job and where you currently are now, tell me about the best day in your career. When was it and what actually happened? That's a beautiful question, Kate. It was actually this year. I remember the day vividly. It was on the 12th of May when, you know, the announcement of my appointment was actually made. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I can't actually explain the feeling. It It was so exciting, but yet so humbling. And I will tell you why I'll say that. You know, it's my appointment is a historic appointment. Um, I'm actually the first female CEO of a JSE listed construction company. Oh my goodness. So that actually, you know, reminded me that I'm actually representing so many women mm. in our industry and so many women in Robex and throughout, you know, the country. So for me, it was more of a Rubicon moment. And I think it is the day that I will celebrate going forward. That is so amazing. Um, I think also you just saying that you realized the... Um, responsibility that came with it, that it's not just for you, it's actually a win for all of us. Um, and then I also just mentioned that I think that's why when I also read your bio, I just felt like it is such a privilege for me as well to be, you know, having this conversation with you because I really could pick up the significance of your position currently. Um, but tell me a bit more about your journey um, from a student to being the professional that you are today before you became this accomplished CEO, the first female, um, you know, and this great, like I said, amazing human being you are. How was your journey? Was, was it always a straight, uh, you know, narrow, smooth journey? or was it a twisty road to get here? <laughs> to my journey from, you know, being a student to a professional career, it's been interesting um, that much. It's been very interesting. So I had my very best moments and some very challenging moments as well. Mm. And for me, I've learned over time to embrace both the good and the challenging times, you know. So my schooling years, they were the best years of my life because I was, you know, the top of the class. So I would actually 
stand out in terms of whether it was um, sport, whether it was in terms of academics. So those were the best of, you know, my years. Mm -hmm. And then completing metric and then going into university, that's when I actually got a shock of my life. You know, I think being in a comfortable schooling environment and changing and getting into a different culture, it's not easy. I actually studied at University of Pretoria, and at that time, most of my subjects were offered in Afrikaans. And coming from a background of, you know, just studying, you know, Africans as your second language, mm. getting into a lecture hall where the lecture now was actually, you know, teaching accounting in Africans, it was a culture shock. I mean, I remember, and I was staying at rest at the time. I remember one evening and I thought, no, I can't do this. Mm. I actually packed up a few things and I went home. And I said to my parents, no, I'm not going to be able to, you know, be able to do this. It's quite difficult. And they said, okay, you know, sleep and then we'll talk in the morning. Mm. The next morning, my dad said, pack up, I'm taking you back, you know, to university. And he said to me, remember, there's nothing which is impossible you must just find your way around the difficulties and the impossible. Mm. And you drove me back. And I promise you, Kate, since that day, you know, every time when I reach, you know, a difficulty or a situation where it gets very difficult, I remember his words that there's nothing that is impossible. impossible. So I managed to get right through that. So your question to say that how was the journey? So definitely the journey has been winding. So university was interesting. And then I got into, you know, the career, the professional workspace as well. It brought another culture, you know, another life that you were not prepared for. So it's a journey and you understand where you are. You find a way of navigating through the challenges and they become your experience. Definitely. Oh, that is such a beautiful story. Thank you. And then let's say, um, you know, a BCom degree and the work that you're currently doing now was totally out of the question. Do you think you really imagine yourself having to have done or, you know, having to wanted to do something else, something totally different? Absolutely. In fact, you know, when I was growing up, I had this dream of becoming a medical doctor. I actually wanted to become a doctor. Mm. And and for me, I believe, Kate, everything that we do, whatever industry that you're in, whatever the career that you're following, I believe all of us, we actually meant to be servants. We need to serve. We need to serve whether it's employees, whether it's the communities that we're operating in. And for me, I believe that medical doctors actually called and they're given an incredible opportunity to restore people's lives, you know, to bring mm. life to normality. And also, you know, some of them, they're able to save people, you know, from death. So if I'm, I'm not the CEO of Robex currently, definitely I think I would have been a medical doctor. Oh my gosh, that is so interesting. <laughs> now back to real life, because now you're not a medical doctor. Um, what do you think makes you good at your job? And especially thinking back to that moment when you got announced as the CEO of Robex, you know, especially because you've had the privilege of working both the public and the private sector, clearly there is something about you. Um, what makes you this good at your job? I think there's a couple of um, skills that I had acquired over time. And the first one is self-motivation. 
you know, it's it's very important that you motivate yourself because if you don't, I don't believe other mm. people will be able to to motivate you. So for me, key is self motivation. You know, having the determination and the drive, you know, to produce high quality work. Mm. So for me, I always say, what I do must actually speak to who I am. So the results, the output, my conversations should actually be able to tell people of who I am, you know? So for me, number one is self-motivation. Number two, you need to know how and when to ask. Sometimes people believe that when you're a leader, you know everything. Mm. And that's not true. So one of the things that I've learned over the time and which has worked for me is surrounding myself within the organization and outside the organization with people who actually know more than I do. And whenever, you know, I'm, I'm faced with a situation that I'm not sure how to resolve, these are the people that I'm able to tap into to say, let's have a discussion. You know, this is the situation. Give me your advice, mm. you know. And I think for me, that is key because you cannot do it all alone. I've always said, you know, the success of many organizations, it's not from one individual, but it's from the team that is working together towards a common vision. You know, that's number two. So knowing how and when to ask. Number three, strength. You need to be able to be strong enough to be able to face each day. You know, there's a saying that I like that says you can never serve from an empty cup. So your cup must always be full Mm. for you to be able to serve others, for you to be able to arrive at work and be able to to give hope, you know, to your staff, to be able to give hope to the industry. Because currently you can see what's happening in the country. It's the issues around Mm. loading, issues around, you know, crime issues around, you know, the high increase of, you know, food prices, fuel. Mm. So all of us, we can actually get to a stage where we're so negative and so depressed. But as a leader, you need to find a way of actually being able to motivate, you know, people and give them hope. For me, the strength, the strength to be able to lead, you know, and the strength to be able to give hope to um, the community. So, um, lastly, I think believing in oneself, that has really worked for me. I mean, I I came from an area, a township in Pretoria, in Soshanguve, where a lot of people don't have the belief that they can actually do something with their lives. Mm. I remember initially when my appointment was announced, my son said to me, Mom, did you ever think that a girl, you know, from the dusty streets of Soshanguve can actually end up being a CEO of a multi-billion brand organization. So for me, it's, it's, it's so possible. It doesn't matter where you come from. You can do anything that you put your mind to. Mm. So believing in yourself, you know, trusting in your own judgment and building your experience. For me, I believe these are the things that have actually made me 
good at what I do. I definitely agree. And that is so beautiful that I think also being able to recognize that there is something unique about you that you bring to the table, that you're actually worthy to be sitting in the chair that you're sitting in today is also something very powerful as a leader to have. So I really hope the students will really, um, or anyone who's listening to this can understand the importance of that. And um, taking me to our, our next question now about if someone is listening now and would really like to follow the similar you know, career path that you're in and, you know, what would you say would be the best way for them to prepare themselves? That's a very important question. So I think we need to make sure that we've got the right skills. So that person must make sure they've got the right skills. And where do they start? Hmm. I think it starts with qualifications. So make sure, you know, by the time you get to tertiary level, I believe, you know, you should know exactly what you want to do. So from around grade 10, grade 11, you know, I I would say people or learners should start exploring various industries and various opportunities, Mm -hmm. especially for, I think, females, because there is still this thinking that the area that I'm operating in, that is construction, infrastructure and mining, that it's still for for males, you know, mm. and females can get into that space. So number one, making sure that you obtain the relevant qualification, studying, studying hard and making sure that, you know, you qualify. Number two, exploring various industries and sectors for possible area of specialization. You know, I always say that if you want to end up doing something better with your life, you need to be able to stand out. And by standing out, you need to be able to identify areas that you're good at, passionate about, and just specialize in that area. Make a name for yourself within that area so that you stand out from the rest of the people. Number three. Um, You know, as as the students are studying at universities or at tertiary institutions, um, you know, there are breaks during the year. You know, offer your time. Mm. Offer your time to organizations that you're interested in. You know, send an email or, in fact, you know, phone HR and say, I would like to offer my time. I would like to come during the holidays to actually learn. When you speak about doing mining, when you're doing quarries, when you're doing roads, I want to come and offer my time. Mm. And I think doing that, it will actually give you an exposure of some of these companies, what they actually do. So offer your time. And importantly, and this has actually worked for me, get a mentor. Make sure that you get into some form of a mentorship program. But you need to be deliberate. You must define what is it that you want from this mentorship Mm. program. And as you... Get a, in fact, you can get more than one mentor, you know, for various areas of your life. And also get a sponsor. So the mentorship and the sponsor for me has worked because you need to have that one person who really believes in you, who will be able to speak on your behalf, even if you're not there. Hmm. And you will be able to put your case forward to say, this is Kate. She's got a qualification. She's got a BCom degree. She works very hard. And I really believe Kate has been here for three years. She deserves a raise, mm. you know, for your behalf. And number five, for students, so money should not be the motivating factor, mm. right? Money is not everything. Get your experience, work hard, get into the spaces that you want. Money will follow later. 
Okay, so for me, if you do those things in terms of getting the right qualification, exploring various opportunities, offer to volunteer at the organization that you're interested in, get a mentor, one or a few mentors, and a sponsor, and obviously build, you know, your career and money and positions or titles will follow later on. Mm, definitely. Thank you so much, Felicia, for sharing those. I think those are very, very valuable lessons. Um, and I know that, especially when they say um, that, you know, the bigger the responsibility, the bigger the tasks and the bigger the the effort that it's required. So no job is just good and, you know, marshmallows and <laughs> rainbows and sunshine. Um, so what would you say is the hard or the really mundane part of your work? Absolutely. There is no job that is just good. So for me, it's the, the difficulty is, is the long hours. So obviously, if you want a good output, if you want to be able to deliver a killer presentation, you're going to have to sacrifice a couple of mm. things, you know. Um, and I think as students, we want to study hard and also party hard as well. Of course. So, so the weekends are for going out and but if you need to get to a place where your job actually is really good, you need to sacrifice, you know, some days. Sometimes I don't have weekends, meaning that I will be at home, but I'll be preparing for board meetings, which are happening the next week. Mm. So I would say long hours, um, you have to invest and you have to be at the top of your game. So with, with my environment, sitting at group level, we have 21 subsidiary companies. So I must attend to those meetings at least for one company once a month. So there's 21 meetings already in a month. Mm. You prepare for those meetings. You need to engage in those meetings. You need to engage with stakeholders. So um, the investment in terms of long hours, being prepared. And again, I think one of my, I want to call it a strength. Others, they may say it's a weakness. I'm a perfectionist. Um, if I have to do a presentation, it, it, must, it must represent who I am. Definitely. So those are the kind of things that you need to be prepared for, you know, operating at this level. Mm. No, listen, Felicia, from one perfectionist to the other, I get it. <laughs> I totally do. Um, the following part or section of our interview, Felicia, is really those quick questions where I don't want you to think about it. The first thing that pops into your mind as soon as I ask you, you're going to just give a response. Um, so we're going to start. Coffee or tea? Definitely coffee. I knew it. Sweet or salty? Salty. Remote or on-site? On-site. Okay. Every morning I? Every morning I wake up, take a deep breath, and I thank God for waking me up in the morning. And then I relax, I go through my scriptures for the morning, and I set the tone for my day. Great. Last question. My favorite word is? My favorite word is people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. It's one of my favorite words by Maya Angelou. Definitely. I agree. It's also one of my favorites. Felicia, this was such an amazing uh, conversation with you. I think I'm really, really inspired by you, even though I'm not even in construction and mining. I don't know anything about it, but I'm really, really inspired by the work that you do, your passion for the work that you do and how you just really want to serve in excellence. Continue doing amazing. Thank you for your time this morning. 
Thank you so much. And Kate, thank you for this um, great interview. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And all of the best in terms of what you're doing and to the students as well and to everybody who's listening to this um, podcast. Thank you so much. That's it for now. Listen to all our episodes to make sure that you get into the fast lane of career success. 